I'm so glad you made it back to the Hallmarkies podcast, listening to Chesapeake Chats. I'm uh, your host, Carrie, and Casey is here with me tonight. I'm so glad to have you back, Casey. Yay! I'm so glad to be back, you guys. And what's up, Chesapeeps? I kind of <laughs> actually love that more than Chessies. I'm not going to lie. I know. Chesapeake's is really fun. Is it catching on? I mean, I think Megan Ori wanted it to. She like had this push of Chesapeake's, but I'm not sure if it's catching. I don't know. I think people are, I mean, listen, we're what, five years into this. We're invested in the Chessies, but yeah, we are. I am we here are for Chesapeake's. You know well, what though? You know what though? Here's the thing though. Any of you cast people on the, on the Chesapeake Shores that watch this, I will make you a Chesapeake's shirt. If you come on our podcast. <laughs> that is great. So calling all cast members, come and get the coveted Chesapeake's shirt that Casey will make you if you're on this podcast. We would love to have guests on the podcast. That would be amazing. Um, real quick, though, we are five episodes into season five of Chesapeake Shores. Season five is making Chessie out of all of us, I think. That is what I think. Season five is so strong. I would I would hesitate to find a uh, someone who did not like season five at this point. It is so good. You guys, this is how you write a series. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, we will get into this, but episode five specifically now I know they were all like episode three it's the best one it's the best one it was great I loved it I was like oh yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I see you I see you but episode four I was like okay okay mm -hmm. well, I'm still here I'm still engaged but episode five I was yeah. like <laughs> yeah flabbergasted it it just brought such deep storylines, so much depth to these characters we already know and love. I'm really excited to talk about episode five specifically. It is jam packed. But first, we do want to get in and recap episode four. It's called Happy Trails. It was just a really solid episode to move the season along, storylines along, and still engaging, still kind of wonderful. But um, the title, Happy Trails, I mean, it probably mostly alludes to Mick and Thomas's big hike on the Appalachian Trail or wherever they went. Mm -hmm. And yes. what did you think of that storyline, Casey? The Mick and Thomas going on a hike, going on an adventure at their age. Okay, so when I saw the previews for it, I was like, oh my word, we cannot take Gregory Harrison on a hike because... He like almost dies in Lost Without You, signed, sealed, delivered with Oliver oh. when he goes on that hike. And then we see him tumbling down the mountain and I'm all <laughs> like, oh my goodness, Gregory Harrison, what are we doing to this man? Yeah. <laughs> and so when it turned out not to be anything, I was slightly disappointed because, you know, I like the melodrama, but then at the same time, they really brought the comedy with the brothers. See, that's the thing. I'm here for the comedy. I was kind of like, oh my gosh, these these ads, like the um, previews for it are so melodramatic, but really they end yeah. up being these wonderful comedic moments. Like Thomas fell down the mountain and right away Mick fell right after him. It was so <laughs> funny. <laughs> it was. It was hilarious. And the banter back and forth with the brothers. That was yeah. something that we've been missing because yeah. they were at such odds with each other for such a long time. And yeah. so um, I'm actually glad they didn't go the whole melodramatic way. I'm really glad they did the comedy. Yeah. And, um, you know, we see the other, the younger two brothers and they're all like, oh, 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 hey, what's yeah. up? Okay. And then they yeah. help them out at the end. But um, I really liked that. I liked seeing the side of Mick and Thomas. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know that they really do care about each other, especially yeah. after Mick calls him Tommy. And right. I was like, oh, he, he calls him Tommy. Tommy. And they, they really talk a lot about their history because what they're doing is re- they're doing this trail that they did when they were younger and they're trying to find this exact rock to recreate this picture, which I thought was just really kind of cute. And they talk about their past. They talk about their dad, who really is a very mysterious O'Brien. You, mm -hmm. We don't hear much about Charlie, except that he's passed and except that people try to honor Charlie's memory every once in a while. But he's he sounded tough. He really sounded like a tough dad. 
Yeah. And that's hard when you have, because I'm, it's just the two brothers that we know of. I mean, you know, it's Hallmark, a mysterious sister can pop up next season. Uh, But with two brothers, so they're this, they're the same gender. They're both competing for their father's attention. Their father is a very hard on them in very differing ways. Yeah. So it causes that strife because in one area where he's not hard on Thomas, he's hard on Mick and then vice versa. And so that that's hard it's hard to always be like trying to please a parent especially when you're competing against a sibling of the same gender like yeah it was hard enough with me and my brother but I I don't know I don't know what it would be like having a sister and you know well I had I have three sisters and there was it was a big enough family big enough spread that I never felt like I was kind of pitted against one you know as far as Mm -hmm. like um to compete with or compared how my parents treated them and stuff like that so a bigger family helps that I'm not sure if that just the two brothers I mean that Mm -hmm. seemed to be a kind of a volatile kind of situation and some sometimes for them growing up but um and then of course we see them fighting in the in the seasons up you know preceding this so I'm really glad that they had such a such a moment of bonding this episode was all about them bonding they they're okay they fall down this mountainside but they're okay they're sore they're stiff but they make it to this rock and take a picture and so it's really just a a precious kind of sequence of scenes for these two men Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah so so then okay let's move on to connor now connor on the heels of episode three which he was the superstar in episode three coming in um in court and saving the day he now we find him poor guy totally paranoid at work now totally Mm -hmm. paranoid um because his firm is you know representing dilfer who's suing his father. So they're, they're trying to protect him and tell them, tell him that he's, there's a firewall up. You're not going to be involved in this at all, but he's, he's paranoid. He's suspicious about his office. Is it being broken into? Is his drawer being um, broken into? And so he has his suspicions and then Keller, his friend, the paralegal, kind of confirms those suspicions in a very mm-hmm. lawyery type of way it's really kind of funny yeah like he's like what are you saying she goes oh I'm not saying anything but if I were you I would you know like she was yeah. really, trying, <laughs> really trying to back away from being you know quote the middle yeah or quoted yeah. she's smart she is very smart because she's got to um she really played her cards right. Yeah. Because she doesn't, she doesn't know Connor that well. I've only met like, you know, three minutes ago. Yeah. And so it, it, like, there's, there's still that, you know, there's a trust that needs to be built. Mm-hmm. And then she also knows that Connor may not exactly trust her yet too. Mm-hmm. So she was really playing those cards really well, not to be so upfront about it, but to be yeah. like, Hey, yeah. You know, it was interesting because what you said, they don't know each other well. And I think I'm prone to jump in on her and say, yeah, she's awesome. She's great. But it was these last two episodes that made me go, she's great, but I wonder where her loyalties lie. You know, Mm -hmm. like this is so interesting to me that she was helping him out in a subtle way. But I, I wonder about her, like, can we trust her? You know, do you feel like we can trust her? I mean, I feel like we can trust her yeah. because she could have just turned on Connor and lied. Yeah. yeah. What I would like to see happen, I would like to see their relationship develop more and more and more. Like, like to become that team, like a legal team together. I think mm-hmm. they would be really strong in the courtroom. That would be fun. Yes. I would be here for, I would, I would be here for it. I'd be here 100%. for it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he takes his concerns to Abby because he's so concerned about his dad and this Dilfer case. And um, I loved seeing him and Abby together. You know, that is a duo that we never really see a lot of. And I love it. I love, love, love it. Yeah. Um, We also find out that Connor's 28. We find out he's 28 because his birthday 
was is March 11th and they, that was a big deal. So talk about that. Like, what did they, what did they find? Like he goes to Abby and how did we find out he was 28? Yeah, so they're searching through all of these like documents, trying to find something that can exonerate their father. And they find these documents that Dilfer had signed or Dilfer had forged mixed right. signature on. And there's no way that he could have done that because they were all at Disney. They were at Disney World because Connor totally remembers on this day, my birthday in 1999, we were at Disney World. They found a picture to prove it. It's like dad was not here. He could not have signed it. So mm -hmm. I thought that was awesome sleuthing on their part. Oh, absolutely. I was like, okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When that revelation happened, I was like, oh my goodness. Now this is how we tell a law story. Yes. <laughs> this is how we do it. And um, I know this is totally off the line here, but um, Thief Sutton also does Darrow and Darrow, which happens to be my favorite. And so that was really showcased here a yeah. little bit in a very like minor way, but I was like, okay, this is how we're like building the storyline. This is how we are solving these mysteries. We're not doing this whole, like wondering what's going to happen. And then like, it gets solved in two seconds. Like this whole Connor thing was very, his storyline has been slowly rolled out through the last mm -hmm. five episodes and mm -hmm. it's had a purpose. That's mm -hmm. another thing that I really liked about his storyline. Like, yeah, he, he came in and everybody was all like, oh, you know, junior associate. And then he proves himself. And then they're like, oh yeah, let's trust. Like, you know, he's great. Let's manipulate him or whatever. And so, right. you know, little did they know he's actually uh, way smarter than you give him credit for. Right. Um, so like, I just, I love the fact that they are building it they're building it and they're doing it so well that this storyline of his in season five is more interesting than anything he's ever done in the whole series of Chesapeake Shores I mean to be honest with you the last four seasons it's been like this midlife crisis for Connor and like I don't know yeah. what I want to do do I want to work for my uncle do I want to work for a big firm I'm not happy at the big firm I'm gonna work for my uncle I'm gonna blah blah and then he's yeah. like always so four years of this and now I'm like this is what this is what we need this is what we need we need Connor in the courtroom we need Connor in the file room searching for evidence we need Connor you know teaming up with Abby and Mick about solving solving things I mean it's he's really a fascinating character this season and I I love watching him um he's dynamic mm -hmm. on the screen yeah absolutely yeah. So, so yeah, Abby and Connor, they have this great banter, this um, brosis banter that never leaves. They're professionals, they're adults, but they still tease each other. And it's really, really sweet to see. Mm -hmm. I love that. But um, hey, Abby, Abby is on a journey still. And it's really, it's really key that the writers don't let us forget this, that she is on a recovery kind of journey from this long history and relationship with Trace. She's still working things out. I like that they haven't said she's just fine. She's okay, she's fine, let's move on. Like she's, this season she's working things out. Mm -hmm. And this episode specifically, she takes an adult Taekwondo class. Which oh yes! <laughs> She works out her anger and she punches the bag and she just, she's healing. She's still yes. healing. <laughs> yes, that scene made me laugh because she, she goes to punch. She's like, all right. She's like, boink. <laughs> the teacher's all like, anything. I know. And then the teacher's all like, come on. We know you got something in there. And she yeah. just, man, that scene when she starts just going to town I was yeah. like yeah she's, she's got sorry. some you know she's been through it in her life with divorce and these um her work and she was put on trial you know for all of that and then let alone trace and these mm -hmm. girls she's raising she she's a strong character and I think it's strength in her that's pursuing um this therapy, this Taekwondo therapy really mm -hmm. is what it is, this healing and she's just doing so great. Yeah. So. And it's a good way to get that energy out. Yeah. Get you it know? out. 
I mean, she is a, she's a runner. We know that. So that is, you know, I've, for people who run, they all tell me like, it's such a great way to right, they tell me, I hear, <laughs> I hear, you know, such a great thing to do, release the emotion. But right. I tell you what, I took kickboxing for like six months and <laughs> now that is a good way to get out some feelings. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, you know, Brie wasn't in this episode really. Mm-hmm. Evan was hardly in the episode. He was just seen on a treadmill, like you reminded me, on a treadmill talking to Abby on the phone. But we do have Kevin. Kevin introducing a really important storyline at the firehouse with the chief or captain. Captain mm-hmm. is what they call him. You know, captain, the captain is making small mistakes here and there, and it's really implying heavily that he's starting to have memory lapses, mm-hmm. which is dangerous for everybody at the firehouse. And the yeah, you kind of killed him with the chili. Yeah. <laughs> the chili just tasted bad, but like, you know, that, that it could be far worse. So Kevin's just on this, um, this little relationship with his chief who he loves so much. But mm-hmm. um, that was Kevin, really. I mean, who else? Who else do we finish up with here? David and Jess. What about David and Jess? They're adorable. That was a fun little storyline for them too. Just having all these random, what was it again? Snallygaster folks? Snallygasters, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So like they're hosting this this group who's looking for basically the Bigfoot of the Northeast is Mm -hmm. what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, These Snallygasters. And um, they talk about, do you believe in, do you believe in it? do you, you know, do you believe in the Snallygaster? And David's kind of incredulous. And she says, do you, did you ever believe in anything that you couldn't see? And he says, um, oh, you know, the tooth fairy. And he was like, I remember waking up to that hundred dollar bill under my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, okay, yeah, we've lost me. That's not, that was not my experience growing up. hundred dollar bill. That whole storyline with Justin David and the Snally Gasters was very stars hollow-ish. Very yeah, Gilmore was. Girls. Yeah. Like a you silly. got the in, you got this weird group of folks coming in looking yep. for the Bigfoot of the Northeast, the Snally Gaster. <laughs> yeah. You have oh the lanterns and the lights and everything. It was yeah. very stars hollow. And what stars hollow or what Gilmore Girls did well is that not every scene and every person needs to be going through this dramatic life crisis you know Mm -hmm. you have to have the silly along with the drama because that kind of keeps us keeps us entertained it keeps us you know our heart there and loving what's going on at the end Mm -hmm. with jesse yeah love it well i liked i liked this episode a lot like i said it just kind of kept kept things going kept storylines going in a very interesting way Mm Connor, of course, his paranoia is is like, what's going to go from, where's that going to go? And the B&B was cute. Like we said, Abby continues to heal. One mysterious character in this episode that I'm like, when are we going to see him again? He was so intimidating, so threatening. Do you remember? <laughs> Mr. Sullivan, the parole officer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Luke, yes. Luke Tatum's parole officer all of a sudden shows up like Luke did something bad. And I was like, what did he do? What was like, I know. How did, he, how did he break parole? That was my, when he, when I, oh, when that came in, I think my heart went up. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, no, no. We just established Luke is a, he's just, he yes. just needs a little help along the way. He's wanting to do, you know, he's wanting to get back on his feet and stuff. Please yeah. don't tell me he did something wrong. Like he, I don't know. Like what <laughs> did he do wrong? So that in episode three, we have Mick, you know, like extending this, the grace of a second mm-hmm. chance, which I, which was just beautiful. But then here we have Mr. Solomon come in and kind of threatening him with the second chance. He says, I can't always keep giving you second chances mm-hmm. like he's bailed him out before or given him second chances before mm-hmm. and so I'm just worried that the time is going to come where he's going to be serious about something I know oh. Luke's going to get in trouble so I'm not looking forward to seeing Mr. Sullivan back um I don't know I don't know if we will or not but I'm guessing we will yeah yeah 
yeah it's probably gonna be like the cliffhanger episode i know <laughs> something comes up and then it's just a cliffhanger and then we have to have season six well it's the season yeah it's the season finale cliffhanger of yeah. luke who we all know and love now anyway we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast best-selling author melody carlson has enchanted readers with her uplifting christmas tales for decades now she invites fans to journey overseas to the beautiful French Alps in the delightfully romantic Christmas novella about family, love, and a hidden treasure in A Christmas in the Alps. Pick up Christmas in the Alps wherever you purchase your books or use our affiliate link in the description below. For more information on Melody Carlson, please visit her website, hpsmelodycarlson.com. That's melodycarlson.com. Let that lead us into season or episode five. Mm. Episode five called they can't take that away from me listen this is jam-packed with so many so many good storylines that i'm afraid we're gonna have to go scene by scene i mean we shouldn't we shouldn't go scene by scene but let's let's do our best here with this episode it was fantastic this was this was the best episode yet yes by far this yeah. was the best episode yet i mean first of all we covered all the o'briens in some way or fashion and i mean like yeah. you know i understand that we can't always have every o'brien in the episode which is right. fine because you know we i would rather have depth in a storyline than have them all together but for somehow they worked it out and i think it's yeah. because they've been building it through each episode up yeah. until this point yeah. Where when they brought all of them together, it was deep. We got emotional. Yeah. We it was cohesive with the rest of <laughs> the season. We it didn't was. have any question marks. There there wasn't anything left to our own imaginations. It was like everything that they had been working towards up until this point. Yeah. This was the episode. And I I was here for it. I was I was here for it. Me too. I was here for it. First of all, we have this adorable little storyline running through kind of the edges of um, the whole season about this race day. And I totally, you forget about it every once in a mm. while that there's this race to build, to um, raise money for the, a new fire truck and everything. Well, this is the episode that race day comes to culmination, but it's not the big event really of the episode. Um, it's it's really still kind of along the edges and the outskirts, but we see the love for Chesapeake Shores. Mm -hmm. We see the community coming together, and um, that's that's fun. That's classic Hallmark. We love that. But Mick and Megan, I need to I need to talk about Mick and Megan real quick. They kind of open this the episode, and they have these this cute little banter about you know she's concerned with him on the ladder. He wants a tool, you know, she gets him a tool from the box and then they like casually kiss. I know. <laughs> I was like, are we doing, are we casually kissing now? Like, when did that come a thing? Yeah. <laughs> it happened so fast that I was like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, did I miss something? Did they officially become a couple? Like, I mean, I think they have officially become a couple. Two episodes ago, Kevin talked to dad about it. Last episode, Abby talked to Megan about it. I mean, yes. both we've heard from both Mick and Megan that yes, we're, I think we're dating. Yes, we're giving this another shot. But once when they like kissed, a very small little peck on the mouth like they had been married for 40 years, which they have not. I'm like, did they kiss before? I missed. Did they kiss before? I feel like he's kissed her on the cheek. Oh, they did have, they did kiss one time. Was it this season? Was, I think it, they kissed. And I know they, they had kissed at the end of last season. Last remember season. everybody was like, wait, what? Right, they did. They kissed at the end of last season, but I'm, but I, I think I'm still kissing. We were casually kissing. I think I think the difference though is this is the first time where they kissed on the lips. Yeah. Because every other time it's been him kissing her on the cheek or her kissing him on the cheek, which is still 
it's it's different it's just different once you connect those lips it's like whoa dtr to find the relationship here i felt like a little o'brien child and i was surprised to see my my divorced parents kissing again <laughs> that's what i felt like in my bedroom when i was watching last night i was like <laughs> you know i do hope that they do have whether it's on screen or off screen, I do hope that Mick and Megan actually sit down and really define their relationship. I know. Because it's one thing to talk to your kids about and be like, hey, are you guys cool if your mom right. and I get back together? And yeah. then it's another thing to say, like, I think we're back together. No, I need y'all to know because I cannot, yeah. this part of mine cannot handle more marital miscommunications. <laughs> Well, this is this is what this episode brought up to me. It actually brought up so many feelings of they need they need closure. Mick and Megan need oh. some closure. Jess and Megan need closure. Bree and Megan need closure. Like we need to start to see some of these conversations that heal their relationship. You know, Jess in this episode oh. kind of spirals in, in wondering if she wants kids because she doesn't think she's going to be a good mom. And that whole time she was talking about that, I was like, I need closure for them. They mm -hmm. need to sit down and talk about this, you know? Yeah, you bring up a really great point, especially about Jess, because there's one line that really got me. It's when she says, I didn't really have a mother growing up. Yeah. And I was like, oh! I know. I know. That's Oh, that's, that's it was so sad, but you know, the right people like she went to Brie and Brie gave her just some really wonderful advice, which shows that Brie has been there as her sister mother, you know, mm -hmm. her whole life. Brie's like, you just you will know how to do it. You just will love them, Brie. You just will. I mean, Brie said that to Jess, you know, she just was calm and mm -hmm. like maybe you didn't have a mother there to show you but you had so many other people in your life to show you love and mm -hmm. give you direction and guidance and you just you have it in you basically yeah. is what she was saying um which was very sweet but yeah I was I I thought I need closure a lot has happened from season one to now season five and there's some things out there that yeah would be helpful yeah, I feel like for Brie and Megan, I feel like, and I don't think it was written well, I'll just blanket state it that, <laughs> but I think that their closure happened with the book. Because, and I think it happened off screen because okay. Brie writes the book, Megan's really offended by it, Megan and Nick go to Brie and say, this is actually what happened. Uh -huh. we don't see any of we don't see any of that yeah and from what it seems like right now as of season five it seems like yeah. Bree and Megan are they're pretty good like I feel like they are that's true they're that's still true. pretty good we could get a little deeper with their relationship but I feel like yeah. that was the closure for them yeah now with Jess and Megan I would love to see the wedding be a part of that closure Yes. For that, the past hurts, especially just having been really young and maybe not understanding everything completely. Right. Um, but I would have liked, I would like to see that happen because yeah. they had such a terrible relationship early on. Yeah. And they really haven't had many scenes together this whole season, to be honest. Mm -hmm. They, I'd, I'd like to see that wedding maybe bring some closure. That will be, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's keep, let's finish talking about Jess here then and her little journey over the episode. She has a very tender, compassionate moment with Sarah, Sarah, Kevin's wife, who gets emotional about um, a diagnosis of endometriosis, which mm -hmm. means that she may have a difficulty conceiving. So it's, it's um, hard news to get, um, but it wasn't, you know, you can't conceive, you can't have children, but you have this, this obstacle. Mm -hmm. And um, she has this beautiful line, Jess does with Sarah. And she says something like, one way or another, 
you will find a way to fill your arms with babies. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? That was so sweet. I was like, <laughs> I know. so beautiful, especially from a sister-in-law. Yeah. Like yeah. Th that's such a unique relationship. Yeah. Because it's not your sibling. Yeah. It's not like a parent-in-law. But yeah. it's like a peer who becomes your sister because they yeah. married your brother. And so yeah, it's a very unique dynamic to have. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and also for just being the youngest mm -hmm. too, you know, she and Sarah probably have a few years between them. And so yeah. um, just, just having that instinct to go after her and yeah. just kind of be like, Hey, I'm so sorry. Did I upset you in any way? Like, right you know, I didn't mean to. And then Sarah opens up was just, it was such a tender moment for the yeah, two it of was. them. It was so tender and it really, you know, it just showed maturity on Jess's part and compassion. Um, but it also kind of started her down a little spiral, wondering if she even wants kids, if she would be a good mother. And she really kind of throws this at David, honestly she just she needs to talk about it. you need to talk about this before you get married you need yeah. to talk about if you want kids or if he wants kids how many what contraceptive will it be used like you're just like <laughs> these are important premarital conversations yes so i was like ah you need to have this so she yeah, i was kind of like you should have had this conversation like three days ago <laughs> i like my my little pastor's wife heart wants to go like give them counseling premarital counseling you know like i just want to let's sit down together and let's talk about a few things yes. <laughs> so so anyway so she is um she just throws this at david really and he has this response that is unsatisfactory to her and i'm like give the man a minute he just he just found out that you might not want children and you say, yeah. do you still want to marry me? And he just hugs her. And she said, you didn't answer. And he said, no, I didn't. Like, I just need a minute, you know? <laughs> I, I, that's, that's, that's kind of a big deal. It's a big deal. That is a kind of a big deal. It's not like a puppy. Like, I don't like dogs. Okay. Well, like, here's, the <laughs> here's the thing. It's a big deal. It's okay. It really is okay if you don't yeah. have children. And it's okay if he needs a minute in that conversation. So it's a big deal in that it's a big conversation to have. Yeah. And there needs to be grace in, in having that conversation. Like, I'm going to give you space to process this because we can process it together. Yeah. And you end up coming out on, on a great reconciliation, a great communication side of it. But I'm like, it. you just give him a minute, you know? <laughs> yeah, especially because it's just, she doesn't do confrontation well. She's like spinning around in circles all around and, and he's just kind of like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Right. <laughs> and then she out, like, then she says, and so of course she, he's like completely blindsided by this revelation. Oh, and really? so- you know, he didn't need, he didn't need time for, to process it. He needed time to just like soak it in. And, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes getting news like that, where even if you are completely supportive of your mm -hmm. significant other, and even if you're totally okay with their desire or what they don't, what they want or don't want or whatever, sometimes you just need a minute, like, you just need to like think. <laughs> right. And also too, he could be the type of person who just does the opposite and does like all the thinking like but why well why does she not want kids what happened is there was it me is it her is it this is it that so it could also be all of those thoughts processing too right. where you're kind of like yeah just you have you can't say anything <laughs> and sometimes you know yourself if you don't you're not going to say the right thing even so like give me give me a minute i want to process this i don't want to just be reactionary because yeah. sometimes being reactionary in a in a relationship or in a conversation though maybe authentic it may not always be kind mm -hmm. you know it's not we value authenticity 
but we also value kindness in a relationship and putting mm-hmm. putting each other you know putting their needs before mine and and stuff and and that can be a very healthy healthy way to communicate mm-hmm. and yeah i thought he though it was probably hard for her <laughs> to not have an answer from him right away it actually when she comes back to him I think it was it did her a great service in that she really was able to self-reflect and she came back to him first and said I'm sorry I apologize that I threw that at you you know Mm -hmm. I don't really know if I want kids but I maybe I do maybe I don't you know and Mm -hmm. I just put you on the spot there like she just she did a great job coming back and Mm -hmm. um apologizing yeah. 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 You're, yeah. You're so right on all of that. Because well, yeah. If he would have like flipped out, she definitely wouldn't have, her guards would have, been, they would have gone right up and she wouldn't have gone to him. But the fact that he just held her and he just like, he just held her really. He held her. He was able to, she was able to like come down from the emotions and then think rationally because Um, And I think that's why David is good for her because David is not reactionary. Jess is very reactionary. This was, this was a reaction from her conversation with Sarah. Yes. is really what happened. It was like, oh, they can't have, they may not be able to have kids. What about me? Can I have kids? Oh, what if I don't want kids? And then it's just, that's the just way of thinking and doing (laughs) stuff. And so then she just, right. (laughs) It's it all out. So David is good for her in that way where he can just kind of take in her reactions yeah, and just like he releases them, which lets her release them too. Yes. Yes. They balance each other out so well and they have such a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. They're fun to watch. Um, So speaking of the inn at Eagle Point, we have a new guest at the inn this episode and that is Evan Kincaid. Evan Kincaid is a guest at the inn, but he also bought a bungalow on Chesapeake Shores. (laughs) A large, beautiful bungalow that he is living in, but it's lonely. And so he likes to be at the inn where it's busy, there's people around him, and it feels like family. (laughs) This guy, number one, he's an extrovert. Number two, He's got more money than he knows what to do with it. Hey, like, I'm going to go buy a bungalow and I'm going to stay at the inn just for fun. Like, <laughs> just to be around people. Like, he's basically buying, he's buying people. He's buying, <laughs> he's buying people to eat dinner with. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is what I love about Evan, though. He's, he's so childlike and he's so innocent in that, like, you know, Abby can't resist this vulnerability that he has. He brings mm-hmm. to the table this vulnerability, a loneliness that he's not really sad about because that's his reality. He's like, oh, don't be sad about that. But she who knows the depth and richness of this close family, mm-hmm. she's super sad for him. <laughs> and she's like, can't resist pulling him in and being a little bit of a, you know, just yeah. come in come join us be a part of it yeah she (laughs) I think this this is kind of where her feelings start to kind of change a little bit about Evan yes I mean he is super annoying as she's mentions with her foot in her mouth and all (laughs) of that good stuff but then I think it really turned when she drops him off at his bungalow and she just drives by she's kind of like I don't get it yeah He's, what he's is up al- with this dude? He's alone and he's like, I think she just realizes something that he's missing that he might not realize yet. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he's in the process of realizing what he's missing as far as people around him and relationships as he meets the O'Briens and has such a great time with them, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin and David at the inn. And um, he's, he's just loving what they represent. And mm-hmm. so he's, He's starting to get it, I think. Yeah. Now, has he met all of the O'Briens? I don't think he has met Bree. I was gonna say, I don't think he's met Bree. Or Connor. Yeah, Bree or, or Connor, Megan. It was just it was just just David, Kevin, and Sarah at dinner. Yeah. 
So. And he's met Mick, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, but not Megan or Connor or Bree or Nell. Okay. So he's got more O'Briens. <laughs> that was one line <laughs> that kind of made me laugh. He seems like, oh, there's more of you. Right. <laughs> I well, love it. The O'Briens to go around. <laughs> right. He had some just he's just a little puppy dog. He's so he's sweet. He's funny. He's fun. Um, I just love what he brings to this role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so super fun. So speaking of Nell, Nell is back. <laughs> She's back and she looks stunning with her white hair, how she mm. has it. I didn't see bangs. I didn't see Nell's bangs. <laughs> <laughs> but she just she just looks stunning. And of course, a Nell casserole is what is the ticket in to go see Arthur Driscoll. Yeah. <laughs> with Megan. Don't you love how she just had her hat down and then all of a sudden she like (laughs) raises it. Hello. (laughs) So mysterious. Beautiful, beautiful Mm -hmm. lady. Well, that was fun to see her on our screen again. I loved that. Um, Okay. Who's, who's next? I mean, like we said, jam packed episode. So many people here. Brie. Yeah. Brie. What happens with Brie here? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, Brie and Jerry have a small walk and talk. They they often have these walk and talk scenes. And um, he wants her to come up with a catchy name for her class. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like asks her out on a date. But then he says, no, it's not a date. You know, and she's like, oh, kind of confused. Well, she's at Sally's now trying to think of a catchy name for her class. And in walks Luke looking fantastic and he sits down and thanks her for the job I think the tip on the job mm-hmm. for, um, the bridge and then they start to like they kind of have this banter this flirty banter role play funny thing that they do um you know they're walking a fine line here with this love triangle not gonna lie <laughs> I know everybody's like, look, yes, we all know Steven Uzar is really hot and dashing and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. Wonderful. But I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I like Jerry. I like you? him too. I like Jerry. I like Luke. It's just, it really. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I think realistically she'll probably end up with Luke because he's like, quote unquote, the bad boy quote right. unquote with the baggage and so there's there are a lot more storylines that you can pull from that yes and right now they're not bringing a lot from jerry but i'm kind of like i'm almost kind of intrigued by him i'm like huh it would be fun to see more of her and jerry together like mm-hmm. show me some of that nemesis bantering show me some of that you know um let's talk about high school again you know some of those things yeah they just kind of glossed over. I know. And that kind of disappoints me I'm, just a little bit. Cause I'm like, I live for the front of me banter. Yeah. Especially <laughs> in a like to be love story relationship. You know, yeah. I really like the butting of the heads and just this like back and forth and then the teasing and stuff. The stuff that we are starting to see a lot more with Abby and Evan. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was kind of sad that they resolved the whole high school Jerry thing so quickly. So quickly. Yes. I Hopefully maybe they'll bring it back. Maybe they'll have some sort of kind of he'll kind of come on stronger. Like he asked her for a date, but then he disqualified himself basically and saying, oh, it's not a date. You know, yeah. I was like, Jerry, come on. <laughs> so here's the here's the thing I find very intriguing about um, Brie and Luke. Mm-hmm. kind of what we said about the uh, about C- episode four Bree it doesn't seem like she has any idea that he has a criminal history that he has a parole officer who comes around that he fell on any hard times like mm-hmm. she just sees him so starry-eyed and put together and um gave him just handed over her number <laughs> he asked for her number she just gave it to him I mean what is going to happen when she finds out his his history 
how this is this true I, I I'm here for it I'm here for some drama I'm here for the drama the other shoe has got to drop here at some point mm -hmm. I don't know what she's gonna do she's probably gonna put it in her novel her next one <laughs> gonna put it in her next novel as her next does. novel yes <laughs> I, but I, I'm here for it I just need more I know there, I know we have, well, here's the thing. Yeah. It's a series. So we have to have a slow burn mm -hmm. for it to really set our hearts on fire. Okay. So I'm okay that it's not like taking off as quickly. I just, yeah, I, I'm intrigued. I'm kind yeah. of like, okay, let's, yeah, let's keep, let's keep going. Once Justin and David are married off, we need another couple to marry off because we've got Kevin, Sarah who married off last season. Yeah. We got Justin, David, we got to get somebody here in a, in a yeah. slow burn relationship. <laughs> somebody. So this is the thing though, about Abby and Evan, that this is, this is a very slow burn. If, if we're going <laughs> to, <Yeah. laughs> he's, I am not feeling any spark except for they're fun to be together. And I do want them to end up together, but I want to see him like, I want to see him mature, his mature side. We've seen his funny, playful, childish mm -hmm. side. I'm still a Jay fan. I still like Juicebox Jay. He is oh. so adorable. No. I know, I know, Juicebox Jay. He's so good with her kids. He is so steady. He like sees her. He, he like, I mean, come on, Abby. He is a solid option here for someone to date. I know, I know, I know, I know. But she friend zoned him. She totally friend zoned him. Totally did. <laughs> totally did. So Evan, Evan and Abby, I feel like we need a ship name. Not that we need to ship all the names, but you know, Abby, yeah. Abby, Abby, Abby and Evan. <laughs> too close it's very hard for me to say uh they you're right something something needs to pull them closer something needs to pull okay. him something 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 deep with evan i think it's coming there's a lot of depth in the season already i think we're just yeah. establishing evan i want to say it's probably more of a facade not in a not in a bad way where he's trying to hide something like something bad some deep dark secret but i don't know something he's gone through in the past and so all he knows how to cope with that is to be this frivolous fun loving yeah. guy who yeah. has a lot of money and feelings are hard because when you open those feelings up for people who don't like to show feelings deep feelings it it's like you can't stop it you know okay right um because yeah. like, i could be a little bit like that where you know everything's like either i'm fun sarcastic whatever right. but when you get like into the deep feelings of myself like once i start crying i just can't stop i'm just like <laughs> yeah. you know and i'm not saying evan's gonna be bawling his eyes out it's just that <laughs> feeling emotions are hard for some people yeah and that may be him and he may need we may need an episode where he gets he gets deep, he gets vulnerable. And so we know that he can match Abby's strength that way. And he's not just a third child she's raising. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the issue I think with sometimes with me and um, these childlike men, which I think are so fun. But then when you have this strong career oriented, super smart, you know, woman, Mm -hmm. And then you have, you match it with him. Like, I think opposites attract, yes, but you need to have that core connection of, of strength that you respect in each other. So I mm -hmm. hope that she <laughs> finds that in him, if this is the way that we're going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I really, I, this one, I can't figure out. I don't know what's, I, I have no idea how they're going to connect later on. Like everybody else. I'm like, okay. Kevin and Sarah, I see how you guys are going to connect later on. Um, even Trace and Abby, okay, you have that history back then, whatever. Right. Um, Jess and David, same thing. It was just this like this playfulness, but they were also like connect 
did in a way I'm like okay I kind of figured out all these relationships and how they'll probably end up together but Evan and Abby that that's a different one so it's a different one to me me too like hmm. where's this gonna go here's what I hope I hope that when it when it goes somewhere deep when it goes somewhere with that hull spark that it's good I just want it to be good where it's like, yes, yes. He, he totally fits in the family. He totally, I mean, I'm getting way ahead of myself because right now what I think is precious is that each episode, Evan meets a new O'Brien. Mm -hmm. He gets a little bit more in, in embedded into the city, um, the Chesapeake shores. Like he's, he's really starting to put roots down in a way that he doesn't, even know he's doing it kind of yeah. so i think this is a cool progression for him relationally and in character as a character but give me abby i mean give me something here with him mm -hmm. and abby i i can't wait yeah I think it's definitely now that is a slow burn that's the slow burn that we <laughs> That we I mean, we got to make the show last for like, you know, a million seasons. So like, yeah, let's go. And some, I mean, some Hallmark series, it takes people five years to propose. So, you know, it's all good. We'll have, yeah. what is this? Season five, five, 10, uh, season 10. We'll have a relationship with a proposal with Abby. Oh boy. They're going to be, her kids are going to be married before her. I guess. Yeah, I so, so so fun i i love that i love each time we see evan on screen i think he's great abby is very compassionate and starting to see him as more than just a annoying colleague with a nice face <laughs> so i uh, that's great mm -hmm. okay so one more a couple more characters to talk about here as we wrap up episode five kevin and sarah how does their story end up they she's nervous to tell him that she got this diagnosis from the doctor so what does he do i mean yeah i mean you know we touched about touched a little bit about that with um with jess but from kevin's point of view i mean kevin was ready to have a baby like six months ago <laughs> yeah. and so we're setting you know he, they've been setting us up for all of this and so when she finally tells him and he's gone through a lot of stress with his with, with yes. captain oh yeah and so um so when when she tells him i mean he's just he's such a kevin in that moment and yeah. he also like holds her he tells her that you know what it's going to be it's going to work out yeah it's going to work out it doesn't like we can adopt a baby yeah you know we can explore all of the options yeah. and so um which i love I, that he went yeah. there and then but he also says that practical next step let's get a second opinion you know mm -hmm. too which is also a very hopeful thing to do mm -hmm. like a second opinion there's nothing yeah. wrong with that yeah. yeah especially with something like endometriosis because that it's different for every woman and like there are some people where um i I've, I've known some people who've had that and so like sometimes they they physically cannot have kids because they have to have like a complete total hysterectomy in order to fix the endometriosis mm -hmm. i know some other people who they've had like surgeries done where they clean out like the the parts down there and like they miraculously have a baby so it's right. it's one of those um things where you go on google and it's like you know sky's the limit but it's also well, worst case scenario every time on google so well that's sarah what's, yeah that's what's so emotional for about it for sarah is that like you know she does it feels like this shut the door on you can't have kids but it's not that and this doctor who has the second opinion is very calm mm -hmm. very hopeful she's like we'll either do surgery or you know we'll you'll be IUIs, IVF. you know yeah but try for six months and whatever so she does she just does such a great job at like giving them hope mm -hmm. yeah which so. i think is what they needed and it was a good way to end that yeah that part so, so she was so emotional so good her acting was amazing in this in this episode she was just like 
I mean, just your heart just goes out to her and her grieving of, of um, this diagnosis. And she did a great. I, thing. I will, I will be honest, Jessica Sipos, who plays Sarah, she's a very pretty crier. Like anytime she cries, like any, and anything I've seen her in, whenever she's crying, I'm like, I don't know how you make yourself still look so pretty because when I'm sobbing, I look like a hot mess. <laughs> you know, it's Hollywood, you know, yeah. <laughs> just how it goes. Yeah. No. So Kevin, I mean, also he has that real creepy moment where he walks into the captain's house and he sees all these post-it notes. <gasps> And confirms that the captain is having like this early onset memory loss and it's super dangerous. Yes, because he almost killed a girl. Because he almost gave her too much of a dosage of medicine or something and mm -hmm. Kevin caught it. And I mean, it just was really intense. Yeah, she was, and it was a, um, it was in- In the IV. It was like the IV inter, like, uh -huh. in, yeah. It was one of those things where like too much of that, because that's very potent. Three, what was it? Three milliliters? Point three. Oh, point three milliliters. He was going to give her point six or something, which is double the dosage. I mean, Kevin's like, I've got to report this guy. I mean, I've, this is my captain and I've got to, I've got to make sure he's, he retires basically. And the captain agreed. The captain said, I'm going to retire. I, I am. It's time for me. And um, well, first he says, I'm not, I won't go on any more runs. I won't go on yeah. any more, you know, and Kevin's like, that's not enough. Yeah. So I, that was so sad because like he lost his wife, right? That was the storyline there. He lost his wife. And then, yeah. and so, and then he's like losing his memory. And like when, when they, when he opened the door, when Kevin opened the door to the captain's house and saw all of those sticky notes oh. and it was stuff like, did you check the locks? Did you check the back door? Did you turn off the iron? Did you turn off the stove? It was like everything. And I'm like, oh, that was heartbreaking. Oh, this yeah. man can't live alone. Like we need to put him in assisted living care so somebody can take care of him and make sure that he's going to be okay and that he's not going to yeah. burn his house down yeah. and that, you know, he's not going to poison himself accidentally. Like right. I just felt so bad for Captain. Yeah. Well, you see um, Kevin's tender care of the captain and, you know, his worry and he's such a helper and he's so compassionate. Um, he's just really a, another type of pillar of strength. You know, each mm -hmm. O'Brien has their own strength and yeah. um, his is just his compassionate heart and nature. So he just did beautifully. All of these O'Brien men this episode were just knocking it out of the park i mean whether he he had a good response to to mm -hmm. um sarah right away david yeah. yes he had to take time but then he had a good response after you know to jess mm -hmm. um yeah i just i just think that they did such a great job they really did yeah okay let's wrap up let's wrap up with connor he again swoops in in his lawyer cape superhero cape and saves the day Okay, Connor, middle name O'Brien, <laughs> MVP. Yeah, like what? Well, this was this is what you were talking about the last episode. How it like is this? It's slow build up to this mm -hmm. this climax of a, this awesome scene where um, you know, he is super paranoid at work. Mm -hmm. Keller, his um, paralegal friend gives him this tip that someone's going through his desk, his locked mm -hmm. desk. And she says something like, well, now that you know that information, you can be in control of what they find, which gets his wheels turning. Mm -hmm. And so he writes this fake letter about his dad to Abby and stuff. And I mean, the way that he just kind of orchestrated all of this, he played his law firm for the, for a fool. He he did. He played those suckers, man. And I was like, and of course, like the whole time I'm like, this is a total, this is a total setup. And they are buying it hook, line, and sinker. Line and sinker. <laughs> totally hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. I mean, he just that was a great scene. I watched it like a couple of times. I just thought it was 
awesome because you look at Mick's face when she's reading this letter, this incriminating, what seems like an incriminating letter mm -hmm. that Connor writes to Abby, but it's this fake letter. And I'm looking at Mick's face like, does he know that this is fake? I know, I know. I was like, he has to know this is fake. <laughs> He's got to know. And I think he does because the three of them really team up, Abby and Connor mm -hmm. and Mick, to, to sit, like, they sit at the table and Mick mm -hmm. says something like, um, um, they should have known better than mess, than mess with the O'Briens or something mm -hmm. like that. Like, it's just such a great line. So it just goes exactly the way that Connor wants it to go. <laughs> Man's brilliant. Not yeah. gonna, I mean, he sends himself a certified letter. Yeah. Wasn't it like um, Notar notarized or yeah, something notarized. like that? Yeah. And so, like, I, he went through he went to a lot of trouble for that, he but did. it worked because it proved that somebody was going through his desk, somebody was spying on him mm -hmm. to see what they can find out, what kind of dirt they can find out mm -hmm. on his dad, and just the way it was played and the way he had it all planned out and he just he's like and this is the proof you need to know that um Dilford did forge here are some other companies that he messed around with and who also found fake documents right so I found out you guys just all proved that you were going through my desk which is also illegal blah 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 and here's my resignation letter here's my resignation he storms out mic drop storms out Mick gets up and he can't help himself. And he turns around and he's like, that's my son, the lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> he's so proud of him in that moment. I mean, it is just so, so fun to see another great Connor lawyer moment. Yes. And, and that's the moment we've been waiting for, for Mick to finally be proud of Connor. I love them. I want to see more. I want to see more. I've gotten two great scenes. I so appreciate it. I love them. But I want to see more Connor in action um, as a lawyer. He's so yes. good. Um, Mick encourages him to possibly open his own practice on at, in Chesapeake mm -hmm. Shores. Yeah. Do you think he is going to do that? And he will take Keller with him? that would not surprise me because he kind of says it I, kind of off the cuff kind of as a joke like <laughs> we're gonna go back to Chesapeake Shores because I'm sure Connor's probably he remind he reminds the type of person who's like I'm gonna move away from home and all this stuff and he's like yeah it's a Baltimore two hours away right. away from home <laughs> um but you know Chesapeake Shores they just keep calling people back they, it, he's got to go back I think he's definitely gonna go back yeah. But I want to, I want to see more of Margaret Keller. I want her to go with him. He's got to give her that. I do too. He, he need yeah, she, they're so good together. They are such a good team. Yeah. And especially when they were walking out of the office and she was just like, it was like almost like a high five moment. I She's know, like, you know, you got this. Yeah, I got this. Okay, cool. You know, so she totally knew what was going on without actually knowing for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, I need more of her. She's a, and yeah, she's, she's so great. She is so great. She's a great character. And I think they do have trust and um, it would be fun. You know, when he quit, I was like, oh, this can't be the end of, of Margaret Keller. So that's my hope is that he will poach her and take her, yes. make her a real lawyer, you know, at, at his practice at Chesapeake Shores. Oh. But, um, all right. So the, the episode ends with this big race, which they didn't have to give us, but they did. And I thought it was so fun that like, we see who's running, who's swimming, who's riding the bike, who wins this race so hilarious mm -hmm. that of course it's the girls it's the sisters who win of course of yeah. course yeah it's you know when I talked to Barbara Niven she was telling me that she really enjoyed bike riding so really? that was kind of, yeah so that was kind of fun that is fun that she um that she got to do it in this yeah. one that's great yeah I was like wait is that oh that's Megan on the bike <laughs> I couldn't tell what team Megan was on because it's a team of three. And of course we had the sisters in one. We had David, 
um, David, Kevin, and Connor on another team. Mm -hmm. But I couldn't tell who she was racing with. But yeah, that didn't matter. That was just kind probably of probably some of her 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 you know her. Sally's friends. Yeah, just some of her friends. But um, that was that was fun. Mm -hmm. So I love ending these episodes with an iconic moment family dinner out on the porch raise your wine glass let's toast to you know <laughs> toast yeah raise your coffee mug <laughs> we're toasting to abby who's the maid of honor now at jess's wedding we're toasting brie who's the officiant i guess yes and we're toasting the a team abby and connor and it's just a great family moment that i just love on this show mm -hmm. so yeah you so. can't have Chesapeake Shores without a good old family dinner. You can't. It's on too the porch. Good. No. So good. Well, you guys, that is a wrap for episodes four and five. Yes. Jessie's, we want to hear what you think. What do you think of one season five so far, but specifically these two episodes? Do you have a favorite character that's rising to the top? Do you have a, a, a scene that you just love so much? Do you have a line that was great? I mean, the writing in this season is so good the lines are just catching me as as people mm -hmm. are saying these things so chessies we want to hear from you so write a comment in the um in the you on the youtube page if you're watching youtube leave a rating on itunes if you're listening there and of course be sure to follow hallmarkies podcast all over social media uh we will be back in two weeks to cover two more episodes the big wedding and whatever comes after that, we will mm -hmm. cover both of those. Yes. Uh, so yeah, come back and join us and listen to our recaps on what is turning out to be the best Chesapeake Shores season so far. No joke. It is so good. Um, Casey, thank you for joining me tonight. Where yeah. can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at Hallmark My Words. And I have one thing to add. Yes. So there is a little easter egg that you've that, that they've shown a little bit throughout the season so far and i don't think we'll see it again so if you know what i'm talking about what this easter egg could be tiny tiny easter egg it, it jumped out at me so i thought i'd share um like let us know let us know in on twitter if you if you know what i'm talking about absolutely let us know the easter egg um i'm curious because I'm not sure if I know. So <laughs> it'll be fun to see what um, everyone thinks. But yeah, definitely um, come find me at Hallmark Comics on Instagram. I'd love to interact with you there. But otherwise, we will see you in two weeks for more Chesapeake Chats. Bye, guys. Woo. Bye, guys. <laughs>